welcome everyone to First Baptist Church on this blustery day. Kind of fun for winter. Uh, we are so glad that you have joined us today to hear from God's Word and to praise His name. So please stand with us and let's praise Him together.
Okay, can, can you put the slide, uh, maybe the slide before this one, the, the one that you just had? Can you go back to that song, Isaac, and, and pull up? Uh, okay, another one, not that one. Keep going. No, no, next. This is important now. Next one. We can wait, no problem. Uh, yes, okay. I'm counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Surely every season, even when it's frigid in Southern California, even when you're afraid your car radiator might freeze up because it's 53 degrees outside, you bunch of Southern Californians are sorry. That's all I know. I'm telling you what. Every season, God is good to us. Amen. If he's been good to you, would you say amen? Amen. All right. If you are here for the very first time, we're so thankful for you being here, and we'd ask you to do us a favor. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and be seated right now and take one of these cards from the seat backs and fill it out, put it in the visit the box, the, the offering box, actually, for tithes, offerings, and for connection cards, right to the left of the double doors in the very back. If you have questions, there's a place back here you can ask those questions. If you want to be interested in membership or want to know something about being baptized, well, this is, oh, by the way, Happy New Year. Huh? It's the first time we've had church since the new year, so God's given us another opportunity. So here's what it is. For you, it's an opportunity, if you've never been baptized after you have received Christ as your Savior, to follow him in believer's baptism. If you've not joined a church and you're thinking about joining here, this would be a good time to do it. Uh, whatever it is we can help you with, let us know. Turn these in. If you'll fill this out as a first-timer, we'll give you a Starbucks card. I I'm going to have to see about getting some other politically correct uh, coffee company. But for right now, we'll give you a Starbucks card uh, and uh, appreciate you being here. So thank you so much for coming. If you're watching by way of Facebook and YouTube, thank you as well. We hope you come and be with us. I've got a lot of things to say today, so I'm going to be talking fast. So it's not going to be 33 and a third today. It's going to be 78. And you're probably a mature person if you know what I'm talking about. Today, a biblical worldview on debt. Not anything probably most of you have ever heard in a church service, but I'm going to tell you something. The Bible has a lot to say about money. It has a lot to say about debt. Military meal right afterwards on the patio, and if this is the last Sunday to nominate uh, someone for trustee position, if you have talked to them and confirmed that they're willing to serve, then go ahead and, and turn that in. First uh, Timothy chapter 3 or what we go by as far as qualifications. Tuesday, navigators meet at what time? 6, 6 p.m. And Wednesday, the BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, meets at what time? 10? 10. All right. Friday, Bible Study, new one, starting up this week, meets at 10 o'clock until noon. I think you got 16 ladies? Something like that. Okay. And you're going to be meeting Where? at Margie Swear's house, and they could figure that out by asking you where that is or, or asking Margie, Margie, where's your hand? Raise it up. All right, right back there, this young lady right on next to the wall there, next to that old guy. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, so that's I'm excited about that. Saturday, the SBC meeting for Southern California is at Shadow Mountain Church. You go online uh, for the SBC. You can figure out the details to that. Next Sunday, a biblical worldview on generosity. And we're going to provide budgets, the, the proposed budget for this year. 
Why would we have a proposed budget given out after the year's already begun? Because we didn't have all the final numbers from last year until the last final day of last year. So we'll give those out. It's also Sanctity of Life Sunday, and we'll have a trustee meeting right after uh, we have the, the services. The movie, uh, War Room, and a Meal Beast Feast will be held for the guys on January the 17th from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Men, you need to sign up. Pat, would you get these started? Uh, this is a <clears throat> takeoff on the Men of Resolution. This is the next installment of that. This is uh, uh, based on the, the war room the, and how important prayer is. And so we'll have the movie, and then we'll have the meal together. So guys, sign up for that. I'm not sure. I don't remember how many weeks it is. Does anybody know? <clears throat> 16 weeks. Okay. So go ahead and sign up for that. Then And, and um, that'll be on Wednesday nights starting on the 17th. Uh, ladies Retreat, March the 1st through the 3rd. Jamie Woods is the speaker. Uh, and begin registration next Sunday. Uh, there'll be two to three ladies per room, and the amount uh, of the camp will be given to you next week. We're still in the process of negotiating that. Got this from one of our missionaries, the Wycliffe Missionary, dear friends of Coronado Church, First Baptist Church. Greetings in the name of the Lord. Uh, Brent and Jeanette Brantley were notified by the Wycliffe Finance Team in Orlando, Florida, that we received a gift of $1,000 from you. My wife and I were surprised and blessed by your most generous gift. I cannot tell you how grateful we are. Suffice it to say, it came at a very needed time for unexpected medical and car repair issues. Please let us know how we can pray for you in return. I know you have a growing, vibrant church. The Lord is using you to reach the lost this is not an empty request. We will pray for you. So if you have some prayer requests that you want this Wycliffe missionary couple uh, to remember you by, and I'll turn in some for the church, then let us know. We'll let you know how to get a hold of them. One of our missionaries that we've supported for 30 years, maybe, three decades, maybe more than that, faithfully serving God. All right, let's go. Did you get rested up now, everybody? All, you got to sit down for a while. Let's stand up again. All right.
this, but the temperature in the room when we started singing praises of God actually went up. I checked it on my handy-dandy remote thermometer, and it went up. And uh, you know what? Thank you guys for warming us up and bringing us closer to the throne of God. You may be seated, and uh, as the little ones, uh, boys and girls, make their way up here to the front for just a moment. How many of you have your Bibles? Let me see your hand. You got your Bibles? We had a little discussion yesterday. Is it, is it valid if you have it on a, uh, uh, an iPad or something? I, well, yeah, I think it is, uh, you know, but, it, yeah, yeah. but I like this kind that you smell it and feel it and read it and... <laughs> I love that. All right, boys and girls, I got. Uh, I want to ask you something. Does anybody here want to be rich? One, two, three, four. Not sure. Okay, four. When I was a young boy, the age of some of you here today, I would go to the drugstore and buy a new comic book once every month because they came out once a month and they were ten cents. And I loved the comic books. And one of my favorite was Donald Duck. And he had a rich uncle named Scrooge McDuck. And Scrooge McDuck was famous for having so much, look here, for having so much money, he drained the water out of his swimming pool and filled it up with gold and dollar bills and $10 bills and $50 bills and $100 bills and all of that, filled it up, and he would swim. He would do the backstroke and all that money, and, and he would do the breaststroke and all of that. So uh, sometimes it, it seems like it would be really nice to have a whole lot of money. But listen up. Guess what, kids? There, there are four dangers at least. I know there's more than that, really, but there are four dangers. One of them, a King Nebuchadnezzar one time looked out across his vast kingdom with all the gold and all the beautiful palaces and all the ornaments everywhere, and he said, look what I have done. I am so cool. You know what happened to him? God made him walk around on his hands and knees like a cow eating grass. How would you like to eat grass? After church, you'd go out and you could mow our lawn for us. You'd get down and eat the grass. And his hair grew so long, it was like feathers. And his nails were so long, they were like claws. Claws. Yeah. And, And so he figured out. Finally, he said, you know what? Everything we have comes from God, and we shouldn't be prideful about what we have or don't have. Second thing is, riches can lead to sin. James says you have not because you ask not, and sometimes you still don't get it because you want to use it for things that wouldn't glorify God and wouldn't please him. And so that's one reason we, if we had too much money, more money than we have, we might use it for the wrong thing. Third thing is, the love of money is the root of all evil. So we're not supposed to love money. We're supposed to love people and love God. And the last thing I want to mention is that it's okay to have money if we earn it honestly and if we don't let it become our God. And by the way, here's a little thing I'm going to talk to all your moms and dads and grandparents about, and aunts and uncles and everybody else out here. Don't ever get to a place where you borrow money. Don't don't borrow money. Now, I know sometimes things may happen where you might think, but it's a trip, a track, it's it's a what? It's a trick and a trap is what it is. So I'm going to explain all that in just a little bit according to the Word of God. But one one more last thing. That is this. The greatest riches are to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you're His child, then everything is going to be shared with you and Him and all of us who go to heaven. So, So trust the Lord always. Put Him first in your life. And let's pray. Father, we thank You for these young men and young ladies and pray Your blessings upon them. 
God, I pray for their teachers. Lord, how important it is to break the bread of life. How important it is to make the word of God live and interesting and applicable and meaningful instead of boring and dull. It's not the least bit boring and dull. When we know who wrote it, when we know who the author is, and it's you, God. So we pray that you'd make that word of God live in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the kids said, amen. amen. God bless you guys. You're so good today. Holy cow. Go on, go on, go to class and good to have you here. Okay, you ready? Fasten your seatbelts because here we go. Buy now, pay later. No payments till January of 2025. Just a dollar down and everyone qualifies. Got bad credit. Bankruptcy, no problem. Ever hear stuff like that on the TV? It burns me up every time I see something like that. Credit debt is a concept made up in America about 103 years ago by the Singer Sewing Machine Company and some other companies about the same time. Uh, is it a blessing or a curse? Well, uh, I, I remember early in my ministry at the other church, I got a call about 1.30 in the morning or so, and I got in my car, and man and wife were having troubles. They said they were just, he said, please come now, preacher. I, I got to talk, we got to talk to you right now. So I drove up to the Normal Heights area and went in and knocked on the door, and, and he came out to, to the door and let me in and said, have a seat. And he said, I'll go tell my wife you're here. He hadn't even told her I was coming yet at 1.30 in the morning. How'd you like that, ladies? <clears throat> and so I'm thinking, okie dokie, this is going to be good already. So I sat down on his couch, and I sat down, and I kept sinking into it and sinking into it and sinking. It was luxurious leather. <clears throat> it was like beautiful. It felt good. It was like I looked over across the room from me, and there was all this electronic stuff. This was way back in the day, so we're talking, you know, cassette players and reel-to-reels and all this kind of stuff, and I mean, stereos and woofers and tweeters and all the different animal sounds you want, and, and I, I mean, it's, it's all this stuff that I, as a, as a pastor of the church, uh, just been there a few years, we didn't have very much at all. And I thought, good night, this is crazy. Look at all the stuff he's got. And then they came in, and his wife reluctantly came in, and they began to tell me what the problem was, and the problem was they didn't have any money. And I looked back at the stuff, looked down at the couch. They didn't have enough money to go to McDonald's, and it was cheaper back then. They didn't have it because they, everything they had was going toward the stuff that they had. You ever get to the end of the year, and your credit card company says, you know, note says, you've been such a good customer. We want you just to write a check to yourself, and it'll be okay. Skip a payment. And, of course, you just incurred interest at the rate of between 18 and 27%. Uh, we're suckers for instant gratification. But everyone does it, right? I mean, after all, the government of the United States of America is 30, I just heard this, $34 trillion in debt. We are, we are we're not close approaching the cliff. We are over the cliff. We just haven't hit the bottom yet. $34 trillion, up $12 trillion in just five years. Someone said that money talks, I'll not deny. I heard it once. It said, goodbye. <laughs> I like what Dave Ramsey said. My goal for us all is live like no one else so you can live like no one else. So don't live like all the, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses probably are in the red every single month. Don't try to keep up with them. Live like no one else so you can live like no one else. So first point is this, what is debt? In the Hebrew culture, debt was usually connected with, associated with anyhow, usury, the business practice of lending money and charging interest. The Hebrew verbs describing usury uh, have a, a kind of a painful 
um, meaning to them. It, it's one word for usury means to bite, uh, a vivid image uh, for the way high interest ate up riches of the people. And uh, people could be financially hurt by the exaction of interest. In Second Kings chapter 4, uh, the widow lady, her sons were about to be taken away because she was so much in debt, not able to pay her bills. Another verb uh, used for, for debt is translated as increase or profit in Leviticus 25, 37. That increase or profit, unfortunately, is not yours. That increase or profit uh, is the one who holds the note uh, as much as 30% in, in ancient Near Eastern uh, times, as much as 30% interest on loans. Uh, clay tablets from Nuzi, a town in Mesopotamia, indicated interest rates of 50%. Crazy. I just got an AARP bulletin. Yes, I got an AARP bulletin. No cracks. Um, December 2023 uh, edition, it said average interest rates for credit cards right now, is, uh, as of December, is 28.93%. That's the average. A $1,000 balance on a store-issued card on which a minimum payment is $30 a month, and if that minimum was paid, it would generate almost $300 interest in the first year. And by then, you've only paid off $360 from the $1,000, whatever that is. So another definition of debt is something owed, such as money, goods, services, an obligation or liability to pay or render something to someone else, the condition of owing. So borrow comes from the old English, which means pledge. Mortgage is from the French word, which means dead pledge. That's exciting. Um, amortize is also French, which means to deaden. And charge is Latin uh, to mean a load or a burden. So money, can, the, the debt can be money, can be promises, it can be possessions, it can be meals that you owe, it can be time that you owe or favors owed. In the Old Testament times, loans were charitable and no interest could be charged to federal, fellow Israelites. If I go too fast, I don't say the right words. So I need to slow down just a bit, little bit here. Uh, so, so they could charge interest to foreigners, but they could not charge interest to their, they were forbidden to their own people. In Deuteronomy 23, 20. You may charge interest to foreigners, but you may not charge interest to Israelites, so that the Lord your God may bless you and everything you do in the land that you're about to enter and occupy. And that has some interesting adjectives as well in the thesaurus. It's um, liable, chargeable, in difficulty, encumbered, involved, up against it, in the red, insolvent, in arrears, in hock. <laughs> All kinds of different things. It's a form of slavery. It is absolutely a form of slavery. Debt is an excess of liabilities over assets. And traditionally in Southern California, home debt has not been considered a debt because it appreciates all the time. Unless in 2008, you were upside down. And in 2008, my wife and I were able to buy a house uh, where we are now because the poor guy who owned it had to have a short sale because the bottom fell out of the housing industry, as you well know. And, and so uh, about, he got about half his money back, probably, or the bank got about half their money back. So uh, it's not even necessarily uh, a sure thing with, with housing. A good rule is, and who said it? Uh, Rick said it. Where's Rick? Last week, you said, or yesterday, you said it. 
Never borrow for depreciating items. That's a good rule. Never borrow for depreciating items. Oh, man. Oh, you, we got the Super Bowl coming up. I got to have a 160,000-inch TV screen. I, I, we got, I'm a, we're going to get the kind. Honey, honest, it'll be okay. We're, I'm going to get the kind. Well, the whole wall becomes your TV screen. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be, when, when someone gets tackled, their, their blood and sweat's going to sprinkle out on it. It's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. And, and, and we, we'll only have to, uh, you know, hock your ring for a little while. We'll be able to get it back later on. Never borrow for depreciating items. This is going to blow your mind. Some of you never heard this. Don't believe it. Won't believe it after I say it. Don't borrow for cars. Don't borrow for clothes. Don't borrow for appliances. Don't borrow for luxuries. Pay cash instead. You say, well, how do you do that? You save. You save your money. I another couple, several years after the first couple I talked about, came into my office. They said, uh, we need some advice, preacher. Our car is really old. We'd like to get a new car, but... Uh, so you, we know you don't believe that you should have debt for that, but but we need to we need to get it, get it. And here's what the payment's going to be. I can't remember what it was. Let's say let's say two hundred eighty nine dollars. I don't know what it was. Uh, and said so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get that. I said well I'll tell you what. Why don't you reconsider this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you save two hundred and eighty nine dollars a month for at least ten months? He said, then you'll have a pretty good, you know, a little bit more of a down payment. They didn't have a down payment. You'll have a good down payment to put down. They said, oh, we can't afford that. (laughs) I said, did you hear what you just said? Did you hear what you just said? If you can't afford to save the money for 10 months, you can't afford to sign a five-year now or six-year or whatever it is uh, agreement to, to pay that much every single month. Don't Pay cash instead. Save it up. Matthew 6, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupts uh, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, and, of course, the way we do that is by being good stewards of our life being good stewards of what God has given to us, including our finances, being good stewards of our time and talents for the glory of God. Watch out for hidden debt, like co-signing for someone else. Listen to what the wisest man who ever lived said about it. My child, if you co-sign a loan for a friend or guarantee the debt of someone you hardly know, you have trapped yourself in your agreement and are caught by what you said. Quick, Get out of it if you possibly can. You have placed yourself in your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride and go to beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a deer escaping from the hunter, like a bird fleeing from the net. There are all kinds of analogies in those few verses, uh, and, and all of them are warning you. You, you know what happens when you co-sign for someone? See, if, if Pastor Terry comes to me and says, you know, preacher, I, I, I want to buy a, uh, another motorhome, uh, and we're going we're gonna to travel and have a good time again, again, like we did before. And so, uh, could you so, co-sign for me? I, I can handle it, but uh, the bank says, you know, I need somebody to co-sign. Just to, so, what happens is, if I co-sign for Terry, I'm borrowing the money in addition to him. And I am loaning money to him who the professional lenders say is too risky. Sorry, I didn't mean that part about the, you're, you're not a risky person. Okay. <laughs> bad, bad choice. Okay. So, 
And you are hoping for your friend or family member to pay back the debt. Would you like to know statistically how many of them do not pay back the debt? 50%. 50%. You are placing a heavy burden on that family member or that friend or that neighbor or that coworker by endorsing what they want to do and putting them into bondage to something they cannot service or maybe won't be able to service. You're not, and, and, and by the way, if you're a good manager of your money and you tithe and you put God first and you give to missions and you're faithful and you help people with almsgiving and, and when someone's in need, if you're a good manager and they're not, say they don't tithe, they don't manage their money well, you may reap the consequences of their bad decisions. I may own a motorhome, which I don't really want. Don't, don't spend more than you make. Don't spend more than, okay, I, I'm going to go ahead. First of all, I do not watch Saturday Night Live. I just want you all to know that. Uh, but somebody who will remain unnamed sent me a clip from Saturday Night Live. Let's go ahead and show that clip right now. I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. <laughs> Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. <laughs> now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? <laughs> no. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh. Then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? Uh, no. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. <laughs> <laughs> the advice is priceless, and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you'll also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. <laughs> Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. Okay, that was good, guys. Yeah. Paul said this way, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. So it's important if you don't have the money to not get it. There are many companions of financial pressures that come along with it. There's the insecurity, the fear, Anxiety, loss of sleep, ungratefulness, enslavement, envy, bitterness, disillusionment, all kinds of pressures come. Uh, so what's the problem with debt besides these things I just mentioned? It violates Scripture. 
according to Romans chapter 13, verse 8. We just read that verse. It also can be a judgment from God, Deuteronomy 28, 15. But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe, to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And one of the curses in verse 44, if you skip all the way down there, is he shall lend uh, to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him, the, the, the foreigners. He shall be the head, thou shalt be the tail. So it's a form of, of judgment by not obeying God's commandments. It also produces bondage to creditors. It actually says that in Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Someone wrote, money borrowed with a smile is repaid with a frown. The trap is, yeah, the trap is a strategy for catching or tricking an un unwary person. Uh, it also presumes upon the future. So if we sign a note, uh, we're going to go down and buy a, a refrigerator at Home Depot because Sears doesn't sell them anymore, doesn't, not around anymore. You, you go buy that thing and you sign a contract and you're, you're assuming you're going to be able to pay for it, right? You're assuming that you're going to have employment over the next two years or whatever it is that you uh, sign up for this, this loan or this note. James says, uh, look here, you people who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. And in Proverbs 27, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what a day will bring. So it presumes they're going to, on the future and what's going to be available in the future. It also gives the illusion of independence. If you say in your heart, my power and the wealth of my hand has gotten me wealth, uh, it's as if God had nothing to do with it. Every good gift comes from God. Do you understand that? Every good gift comes from the Lord. Uh, it also prevents self-examination and evaluation. Uh, and I read that to the kids uh, how Nebuchadnezzar uh, looked out across his vast empire and said, man, I'm, I'm rocking it. I am something else. I am the coolest king ever. And that same hour, he was struck with judgment from God. It also interferes with God's provision. I remember one time, uh, I think probably, I think it was the next to the last car that I ever financed. It was 1972. I bought a Ford Grand Torino. Get off my lawn. <laughs> that one, that car in gold with a brown vinyl top, yes. And, and I financed that, that thing, and I, I loved the car. It was a great car, but I found out after I bought it, that like a week or two later, there was a couple in the church, an older couple, elderly, probably 50 years old, uh, and, <laughs> and they said, we have this old Cutlass we would have gladly given to you. You could have had that. It was like, oh, okay. Could have saved 106 bucks for three years, 106 bucks a month for three years. Uh, but I interfered with God's provision. It also removes barriers to harmful things. Again, you ask and you have not because you ask amiss that you can consume it upon your lusts and your desires. It also dis demonstrates discontent with God's provision. So if we have enough food and clothing, let's be content. But people who long to be rich, listen to that, people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, 
and some people craving money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. How many times have you seen some fresh new face actor or actress or uh, a musician or whatever, and they come out, they come onto the scene, and they seem so wonderful and seem so uh, new and fresh and amazing, and uh, and and then after a little while. All of a sudden, they got all kinds of problems with drugs, alcohol, infidelity, divorce, and all kinds of problems. Uh, it devours resources through high interest rates. He that is faithful, Luke says, and that which is least is faithful, and that which is most. I cannot stand paying a, not a penny of interest. I cannot stand it. Every once in a while, if something, uh, if a check doesn't get there in time or whatever, uh, or it's not recorded or wh- whatever, uh, and there's like a, a, a whatever, a couple of dollars interest thing, I call them. I say, what's with that? And, and they explain. I say, look at my history. And they say, yeah, okay. And they take it off. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to pay even a penny of interest rate. Interest rate gets you nothing. Uh, it inhibits resourcefulness. Um, and it gives the, 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 the parable of the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man has discovered in the field. And to, to save time, I won't read it all right now, but he went out and he bought the field. He bought the field, and then he had the opportunity to harvest the, the blessings of it. It promotes impulse buying. If you've got, there's nothing like a bunch of, you know, my, my dad, I think it was, used to talk about me having uh, um, burning a hole in my pocket, the money burning a hole in my pocket, like it's there, like I got to do something with it, like it's right now, I got to get rid of it. Uh, so zeal without knowledge is not good. A person who moves too quickly may, do the, may go the wrong way. My wife and I have uh, a couple of rules about this. First of all, uh, we, neither one of us buy any big ticket items without checking with the other one first. Never. We don't do it. I don't, I've never come home and said, honey, we got a new house. Uh, <laughs> not one time have I done that. Not even with cars. By the way, my wife let me buy all the motorcycles I wanted. Somebody said, oh, but she wouldn't let you have one. She let me have all the motorcycles I wanted. She was glad when I quit riding, but she let me have them at that point. Uh, so that's, that's a rule that we have. We, we have to agree. The other thing is, if we're talking about something and the salesperson says, you got to do it right now or it's too late, we say, it's too late then. We're not doing it. We're not going to be pressured into it. That's a ploy that they use. Uh, to try to get you to sign on the dotted line right then, impulse buying. And then you know what happens? If you get into trouble with debt, it damages God's reputation because the Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so people look at your problems and, and you're, you're supposed to be a good Christian and look at the mess you're in. It weakens your personal faith. We need to trust God for the resources that we, that we really do need. It excludes help from others. Uh, right now, you have plenty. This, the, the church uh, in Corinth was, uh, was being helped by Macedonia. The Macedonian Christians, even though they had very little, were sending offerings to the persecuted church, and, and Paul compliments them for that. But you can't send offerings if you don't have the money because you're obligated to some car loan, some house payment, some uh, department store, some gas card, some whatever else, and, and, and on and on it goes. It facilitates overspending. It's a fact. It's a fact. I'll tell you what's even worse now. I mean, you have to be careful, is Apple Pay. And a lot of times when I buy something with Apple Pay, I'll say to the person, I love this, man. This is great. You can just buy stuff and it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> they look at me like, are you sure you know how this works? Uh, 
But it's easy with plastic, right? It's easy. Uh, and, and it's a lot easier. If you had the cash there, by the way, on the news last night, someone's dog ate $4,000 of their money, yeah. ate it. Did you see that on the news? <laughs> it's not funny. Uh, but I thought it was. Uh, so, so there's overspending. Uh, the myths of debt, and I'm, I'm just going to mention these because I don't have, I don't, I, this was like a series of messages, I'm sure. Myth one, debt as a tool should be used to create prosperity. Uh, truth is, debt adds considerable risk. No, myth number two, if I loan money to friends or family, I'm helping them. Truth is, if I loan money to family or friends, the relationship can become strained or destroyed. In fact, the joke is, if you lend $100 to your mother-in-law and she never speaks to you again, was it worth the investment? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Myth number three, co-signing for a loan is okay if it's family. The truth, the bank wants someone else to come after because they do not think your relative can pay for the loan. Myth four, cash advances, cash advances, payday loans, rent to own, and pawn shops are needed to help lower income people get ahead. The truth is they prey on lower income people and people who can't really afford uh, to buy what they're buying. I hope you young couples and young guys and gals are listening. I hope you don't make the mistake uh, of getting into debt uh, too. Get, you can get buried in a hurry. Myth five, buy your furniture now with no payments till 2025, same as cash. Truth is when the furniture is beat up and used, 88% of those who bought it will wind up uh, well, this is a debt at 24 to 38% interest, and it's never the same as cash because with your cash, you possibly can get a discount. Myth number six, and a lot of this comes right out of uh, Financial Peace University stuff, so if you haven't taken that course, it would be a good thing to do. Car payments are a way of life, a necessity. Absolutely not. 1972, I financed that Grand Torino. 1983, we financed your 84 Toyota minivan. And after that, we have not financed a car. We, we save our money up and we buy it. Uh, average fact, average millionaires drive used, reliable cars or trucks. Mr. Walton drove a truck, old, old truck. Myth seven, you must have credit cards to build your credit. No, not so. If you determine not to become a financial slave, you don't need credit. Cash can make better deals than credit. Absolutely. And by the way, we were talking about... Uh, the, this morning, Fred, we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> huh? I can't remember. Your, 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 uh, oh, the credit report. Credit report. Okay. Before I had all my bills paid off, I had a better credit report than after I paid all my bills off yeah. and owe absolutely nothing because then they say, oh, you don't have credit. You don't need credit if you got cash. You don't need a credit score if you got cash. You just don't need it. You go ahead, because you're not, unless you want to borrow money and reverse the whole process and get yourself in trouble. Uh, here, myth number eight, you need a credit card to rent a car or check into a hotel or a motel or to, or to buy something online. Truth is, you don't need that. A debit card will work absolutely the same. And a credit card, I mean, a debit card is like using cash. So it's, you're paying for it right then and there. Uh, so young people, listen, credit cards are targeting you. Credit card companies are going after the young guys and gals. They're, they're trying to get you early on. They even advertise sometimes on boxes of cereal and, and on toys and so on. They, they talk about MasterCard and American Express trying to condition you and get you ready, grooming you, if I can use that terminology, 
to do what the rest of the world does, the rest of our world in the United States anyhow, and that is to get in debt. Myth number nine, this last one, uh, debt consolidation saves interest and you have a smaller payment. Truth is, it's more dangerous because you only treat the symptom, not the disease. Um, it's debt consolidation, like a con. It is a con. So these are just a few of the myths. Now, how do you get out of debt? You determine now to live within your means. That's something you have to agree. If you're married, you too have to agree. We're going to live with our means. If we don't have the money, we're not going to buy it. Just like that little video clip that we saw. Uh, draw up a budget and stick to it. I have somewhere at home, I think I know where it is, I have a stack of budgets that I drew up before we were married because I wanted to let her know I could take care of her. And, and so I drew up a budget with my uh, income at the hospital. It was a whopping $2.05 an hour and a free meal because uh, I got to eat hospital food when I was working. Uh, so... Uh, so I drew it up, and, and right off the top, right off the top, poor Bible college students. We had nada and nothing besides that. And right off the top, we tithed. We gave 10% of our income to the God's house, to the church we were attending, Bible Baptist Church at that point in time. Now, she was going to Southside because we weren't married yet. But I showed her how we could do it, and we stuck to it. And, and there were times, I always get this wrong, but after we were married and after we were in Taylorville, we would spend how much for groceries on one week? $10. How much the next week? $15. Then the next week, 10 Then the next week, 15 There was Pat, me, and a little Bambino, a little Shannon Noel, our daughter. I mean, we didn't, we, 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 and you looked on the budget. If it wasn't there, we didn't buy it. Uh, there's a, I, she wants to read uh, a little bit. She wrote in a book about, I, I'm, I'm over time, and I told her, I, but it, get the book and listen and read it. She talks about when we did make that mistake of getting in debt because we got a new house on a low-income deal, uh, and we were super low-income, so we got a, got a house, and we had to tape up newspapers on the windows and after a few months, the newspapers turned yellow, and so she was figuring she's about time to put up some new newspapers. Uh, but we decided to go to J.C. Penney's and get some curtains. Am I telling it right so far? So we went to J.C. Penney's, and we got some curtains, and we came back, and we got a bill that month for how much? $151, and we were in agony. We were rolling on the floor and groaning and moaning and this oppressive debt we had of $151. And are we ever going to get out of this? And it's just, it's not worth it. Uh, cut up your credit cards. Uh, be careful with your ATM card. By the way, I do use credit cards. I pay them off every single month. I have a record of what I spent. I know what went where, so that's why I still do that. If you can't handle paying it off each month, cut them up, melt them down, put it in the oven, set it on a cookie sheet, turn it to 350, it'll take care of your problem with it. <laughs> Covenant to pray together about your debt and ask God to provide your needs and your wants. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you shall dwell on the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will help you. So you can formulate a plan. Again, Dave Ramsey on uh, this, how to do this. You pick out the smallest balance. If you have several credit card debts, you get ready. You quit using them. Uh, you agree to do that. And then you pick out the lowest ones that you can pay off the quickest. Put all any extra money you can to make minimum payments on the other ones right now. But 
pay that off. So now you've got, instead of six credit card debts, you've got five. And, and instead of five, then four. Instead of four, then three. You can get out of debt. Put everything extra. Any unexpected monies that come in, put it on the debts. Get it done. Get it out of there. Pick the highest percentage rates on small debts and prepay that. Always do more than the minimum amount. I had a couple of stories I couldn't even read about. Uh, how that $1,000 a year, if you borrow it for 10 years, uh, the 10th year, the interest is $1,000 a month, and you still haven't paid it off, uh, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Communicate with your creditors. If, you, if you're in uh, difficulties already, call them up. Say, here's what I want to do. I want to pay you. I'm going to be honest and pay my debts, but uh, I, I just need you to help me out, and we need to work together on this. Don't take bankruptcy unless there's a catastrophic event that you didn't, couldn't have avoided. Even in cases where you take bankruptcy, you can agree with your creditors to go ahead and pay them uh, later on so that you don't uh, ruin your reputation. Uh, establish an emergency fund. An emergency fund is for what? Emergencies. A Padre game is not an emergency. <laughs> Absolutely not an emergency. Uh, so, especially Padres. Uh, so don't <laughs> don't do that. And a real key to all this, I believe this with all my heart. And, and you're going to think I, because I'm the preacher, that's why I'm saying it. Uh, but tithe to God. Put God first in your finances. I thank God. He convinced me of that when I was a sophomore in high school. Now, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was making a dollar an hour, and then I got to raise up to like a dollar twenty or so an hour. And I, I, I take my check, and then I, you know, first check you get as a kid, you, you look at it and you say, "What's SS?" <laughs> this is a super sport check. What, what's the deal with this? What's this federal FID? What, what is this federal withholding tax stuff? So my my dollar. 20 or whatever it is, pretty quickly shrunk to like 85 cents or whatever it was. Well, I'd get a check. I can't remember if it was every week or every month now, but whatever it was. Uh, and I'd say, man, I got a tithe on that. That's 10%. It was like a $15 check. That's $1.50. Now, if it was even like that, it was easy. But when it was odd numbers, I would figure it out to the third decimal point. I wouldn't say I was real generous. I was just barely, I was barely doing it. If it was a five or above, I'd round it up a penny. If it was a four or below, I'd round it down a penny. But I thank God I learned how to tie. I remember having a guy one time said, preach. I said, he sat in my office and he was having all kinds of problems. And I said to him, you need to start tithing to God. You need to start tithing. He said, preacher, I can't afford to tithe. I said, okay, let's pray. Let's pray that God causes you to lose your job so that you'll get a, a job with less money. Uh, so that you'll have to depend upon him. That didn't make any sense at all, did it? Uh, that's not what I said. Uh, I lost that one completely. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, you, you, you decide you're going to tithe, put God first. Make it so, oh, I know what it was. Get a job with less paying money so that it's easier to tithe on, on, on $100 than it is on $500. That's what it was. <laughs> he said, preacher, don't pray that prayer. I said, okay, how to stay out of debt, keep giving to God and to others. We have responsibilities, folks, to help other people. You can't help other people financially if you're constrained and, and don't have an extra dime 
to your name. So keep giving to God and to other people who have needs. Always talk about financial decisions. Stick to your plan. We did that. Tithe yourself. Put it in a savings account. Everything you get, 10% to God, 10% to you. And then I've got a whole bunch of stuff here. No time for it, actually. Do your own home maintenance and repairs. Do without some things. I was talking to Jack about, um, he sent me a song on, uh, what was it, on Apple Tunes? Yeah. And, and so I clicked on it to try to listen to it, and it said, you know, welcome. You can join a free trial, and then it'll be, you know, $15.99 a month or whatever it was. And I'm like, yeah, I've got, you know, I get this now $6.99 for Prime and $7.99 for something else and $8.99 for something else. And pretty soon I'm paying more for a, a, a month of TV than I did for my rent for a lot of years. And it's just crazy. Uh, so watch out about that kind of stuff. Eat out less often. Uh, do without certain things. Um, sell your possessions if you need to to make good the debt that you have. Destroy your credit cards. Reduce your utility bills. <laughs> I was talking to Bobby this morning. Bobby, where are you? I was talking to, he, said they, he said they haven't turned their heat on at their house yet. I said, Bobby, you haven't turned it's It's like 50 degrees out and you haven't turned your heat on? He said, hey, I work in a freezer at 55 or a cold storage, 55 degrees. I'm used to it. So I figured out that the gray in his beard is not really gray. It's, it's frost. <laughs> Cancel club memberships. Cut down on driving. In some cases, sell an extra car. Don't put excessive money in hobbies. Are you spending money on entertainment or habits that do not honor Christ? There's a good place to save money. And give more to needy people. So God wants you to be free from debt. I'm going to tell you something. I, we don't owe, we don't owe anything except, except taxes. We always, have, we always owe those. I used to think when you get your house paid off, uh, it's going to be free from there on out. You know? and I forgot about property taxes and insurance and repairs and utilities and all of that. Uh, so God wants you to be free from the pressures of debt so that you can be faithful to him and a blessing to other people, family and friends, missionaries, those who need help, like the Brantleys, who I found out last week had been through some really tough times. And so we were able to, uh, because people are, are giving and we're able to go ahead and send them special offerings. And, and most of all, aren't you glad that Jesus paid your sin debt? Because we owed a debt that we could not possibly pay, and he paid for it, not with a credit card. He paid for it with his precious blood. He died on the cross so we could have eternal life. Now, if you're here and you're a visitor and you're saying, I didn't come here to have a financial lecture, you know what? God knew what I was going to preach on, and God got you here today, so take it up with him. But I want you to know whether you never tithe, whether you never, uh, whether you stay in debt, whatever else, you need Christ as your personal Savior. Don't die and go to hell. Die and go to heaven. Or better yet, be ready when the Lord comes back and blows the trumpet and we can go be with him forever. Would you bow your heads, please? A biblical worldview on debt. I don't know if it, all, if it made sense to all of you. Maybe it didn't. But I'll tell you what, there's something wonderful about being able to help someone when they need help because you have it, because God's blessed you. Something wonderful about not having pressures. Cause the, number, the second most important thing in, that causes problems in marriage is financial pressures. 
So with every head bowed, every eye closed, how many would say this at least? They would say, preacher, you've given me some things to think about. I'm going to honestly think about these things and weigh them and pray about them and see what God would have me to do. How many would say that by raising your hand? Hold it up real high for just a moment. Hold it up real high. It's a commitment to the Lord, not to me. Commitment to the Lord. God bless you, folks. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful for salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we're thankful that the gospel is so practical. It addresses matters like our finances. It mentions how we're supposed to spend our time. It talks about using the abilities that God has given us for his honor, for his glory. It's a very practical gospel that we believe in. And Lord, I pray that you would help some people to make some decisions today that will honor you and that will be in their best interest in the days to come. Father, forgive us for our sins and use us for your honor and glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us, please? We're going to go to the Lord in a word, in communion rather, in just a little bit. And so if you need to come for whatever reason, if you want to come and say, Preacher, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. You come ahead. I'll pray with you guys. My wife will pray with the ladies. If you want to receive Christ, come ahead. If you want to join the church and be baptized, you come. Whatever it is we can do for you. If you're coming for prayer, you come ahead. We'll sing a verse or two of this invitation. I hear the Savior say, as we prepare for communion. If you did not receive the elements, the communion elements, if you would raise your hand as these folks walk by, they will make sure that you get the unleavened bread and the juice, the fruit of the vine.
the upper room. Jesus met with his disciples one last time. They were observing the Jewish feast called the Passover feast, which remembered the Passover land in Egypt when they were in slavery. They were told to take a lamb without spot or blemish, to slay that lamb to collect its blood, and then to apply the blood on the doorposts, the door jam around their entrance. And then they were to get inside and they would roast the lamb and eat the lamb. And the death angel was going to pass through all of Egypt. And wherever the blood was applied, he would pass over. Where there was no blood applied, the firstborn in that household would die. Serious stuff. Very serious stuff. That night, that very thing happened all the way to Pharaoh's household. The firstborn died where there was no blood applied. Jesus was making an application. He took from that Passover table unleavened bread. Because leaven was a type of sin, an analogy for sin, just as the leaven permeates the dough of the bread that you're making, so sin permeates all of our society, permeates my life and yours. And so Jesus, as the Lamb of God, and Jesus, as the bread from heaven, was without sin. The unleavened bread was a symbol of that. He took the bread, and they prayed and gave thanks for it. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your spotless, amazing, pure body that was crucified, beaten, nailed to a cross, and run through with a spear, that precious body of our Savior, our Lord, our Master, our King, our Creator. We remember you right now. We thank you for being willing to give yourself as a sacrifice for us. He said, take eat all of it. Next, he chose the cup. The cup was a picture and a type of the blood that was shed. The analogy, of course, being that as the blood was put on the doorposts for the Jewish people going through the time of the Passover, we must have the blood applied, the blood of the Lamb of God, applied to our, the hearts of our door. And we do that by grace through faith in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So he gave thanks for the juice that was before them. Father, we're grateful and thankful for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We symbolize remembering that great price that you paid with the fruit of the vine before us. Father, we pray your blessings upon it. May you nourish us spiritually and physically, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, drink ye all of it. One of my favorite things is what we do right now is to stand together and join hands as much as possible. And we're going to sing a verse of thank you, Lord, for saving my soul.
Thank you for being in God's house today. God bless you.